0: Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals, hope you're well. So I really wanted to encourage you to listen to the most recent episode of Macro Voices, my favorite podcast, and it just so happened to feature my good friend and business partner, Lynn Alden, everybody's favorite. And uh, I wanted to discuss a couple of her ideas that she had, her investment ideas for 2023. And one in particular, because it's very outside of the box. And I think you guys are really going to get a kick out of it. So first and foremost, I want to give credit where credit is due and uh, go over. Let's see. Got the screen share going. Let me do that. Let's go over. This is the episode I'm referring to. It was just, um, I think, the most recent Thursday night episode, uh, 359.00. And that's uh, three of my good friends here. we got Eric Townsend, Patrick Ceresna, just hanging out with Patrick in Columbia a few weeks ago. We're having a great old time. And then, of course, everyone knows Lynn. So Lynn was discussing with uh, Eric kind of her overall macro view and then some of these investment ideas. Now, one thing that she nailed, which Eric discussed, is uh, the floor on the price for oil. So I guess the last time that Lynn was on this maybe three or four months ago, something like that. She said that she assumed that the low for oil would be right around $70. And Eric said that it, you know, he follows this market uh, religiously. I mean, he's on top of it nonstop. And that's kind of his area of expertise is the oil market. And it got down to $70 and eight cents. That was the recent low. So Lynn just absolutely nailed it. And uh, she sees... uh, there being a lot of tailwind for oil and energy because of a couple things. Number one, China reopening. Uh, number two, because there's some significant constraints on the supply side. And then number three, her base case for recession in the United States is that it will be mild. Uh, she doesn't see a big financial crisis like 2008. She thinks a lot of people may be, uh, a lot of these generals may be fighting the last war so to speak. And uh, then she kind of transitions her conversation into the banking system, because she says that the banks right now uh, maybe have uh, some downward pressure on their share price that they otherwise would not have, because everyone's looking at the yield curve. And they're going back to 2008. And they're coming to the assumption that we may get a GFC 2.0. And not just an economic crisis, or not just like a like an economic uh, depression, global economic depression, but a crisis that was kind of a, a repeat of what we saw in 2008. And she says that's very unlikely. And, uh, and you can see why. You know, very rarely do you have the same crisis kind of within the same decade and whatnot. But she also goes on to talk about her completely outside of the box idea. And this is banks, that the banks themselves may be an interesting long idea for uh, 2023, especially if kind of the the price comes down a little bit, you get them, uh, quote unquote, cheap. Obviously, you'd have to do your own research. But this was kind of her broad idea. Now, I know what you guys are going to say. Oh, no, the banks are terrible. They're terrible. They've got all this real estate on their books and blah, blah, blah. Yes, you're absolutely right. But I think that's, I think her point Was that that's most likely priced in. And what might not be priced in is uh, the interest they're getting on reserves relative to the price they're paying on the liability side of their bank, uh, on the liability side of their balance sheet. Let me show you exactly what I'm referring to. Let's go over to this is the interest rate on reverse repo right now. And this is 4.3. So the banksters are going to be earning, let's say, 4.35%, because it's going to be a little higher than reverse repo, on all of the uh, reserves they have at the Fed. Now, it is true they've been doing quantitative tightening, so these reserves are going down slightly, but uh, they're still at $3 trillion. So, I mean, l- let's think about this for a moment. Bank reserves right now are at $3 trillion. So let's just call it five percent, uh, just to make the math easier. <laughs> let's see what what would that give us, Josh? At five percent of three trillion, that's going to give you three. What that's going to be one hundred and fifty billion, I think. Am I getting that right? Um, one second. I'm trying to do the math. Yeah, three one hundred and fifty billion is. Five uh, percent of three trillion, yeah. So, I mean, think about that. They're, they're getting a hundred and fifty billion right now, annualized, from the Fed for 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 absolutely nothing, zero. And think about prior to the GFS, the GFC, and doing quantitative easing, they're getting zero. Now that said, they only had forty billion <laughs> in bank reserves, and you could argue also that, uh, I mean, if I had Lynn on, which I, I would have got her on to talk about this, but obviously I'm in a hotel, we're way different time zones. So maybe later on in the week when I get back to my office, we'll get Lynn on uh, live and she can discuss this. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks, and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. One thing that I would point out is that uh, even if they didn't have this amount of bank reserves, they still would probably be pocketing this massive spread because if they didn't have bank reserves, they would add treasuries. And the treasuries or the T-bills are paying um, almost, or in some cases, even higher uh, an interest rate than they would be getting on IOR, interest-on-reserves, right? So the, the big, uh, the main reason why this is so advantageous to the banksters isn't necessarily because they have this amount of reserves, but it's the delta on the asset side of their balance sheet relative to the liability side. Now, I'm, I, obviously, there's their balance sheets are very complex, but I'm just talking about it in terms of just kind of broad strokes here, assuming assets are just uh, things that earn interest. And let's just assume for a moment that that's just treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. And let's just assume that the uh, liability side is just deposits. So um, now let's go over and understanding that right now uh, with the T-bills that they have on their balance sheet, they're making, let's say 4.5 and on uh, 3 trillion in bank reserves, they're making 150 billion, right? 5% roughly, right? Uh, Let's go over and see how much they're paying on the liability side of their balance sheet. So I don't really keep track of this stuff on my own checking account or savings account, like I probably should, but um, according to bankrate.com, and this is a recent article, January 19th, they say that the national average for savings account is 0.23%. Now, I know there's some savings account where you can get a lot higher and whatnot, but they're saying the national average here, and this uh, obtains rate information from the 10 largest banks in the United States. So savings account average 0.23, so 23 basis points, but yet they're getting 4.35, or maybe even higher with T-bills. So let's just say the Delta there's 4%. That is a massive Delta. And if you go back and look at this discrepancy or this difference prior to the GFC, I mean, it was maybe like, I mean, I don't have the chart right in front of me, but it might've been 10 basis points, 20 basis points something like that. Now it's 400, right? So this is just pure profit. It's going right to the uh, the banksters themselves. And Lynn's point is the yield curve and the possible recession and the housing market and all of these negative factors that definitely could uh, impact the banks. That's most likely priced in. But what is not priced in is uh, this phenomenon of the, the, the banks having this huge delta between their assets and their liabilities because of the Fed raising interest rates so quickly and because they're so darn flushed with reserves that they don't have to bring the rate that they're paying you up to a similar level uh, than they're being paid with the yield-bearing um, Assets they have, be it treasuries or bank reserves. You see, again to be clear, prior to the GFC when they only had 40 billion in reserves, then there would have been some competition between banks, like, hey, bring your deposits over here because they know if they bring the deposits over, then they're going to get the reserves, and that could be advantageous, right? But now they don't need your deposits. Who cares? We've got three trillion in reserves, for heaven's sakes. We got reserves coming out our ears. We, we don't need any more That's the last thing we need. We need less reserves. So they're not competing for your money anymore. And I'm using just, you now, maybe some banks are, but most of them, they're not really competing. So they'll pay you 23 basis points and they don't have to bring that up to, let's say 4% or maybe 4.15, like they would have to in an environment where the system itself had only 40 billion in reserves. You see, so this is very perceptive, as you would expect uh, from Lynn Alden. And uh, as prudent investors, and as people who are looking for opportunities, I think this is something that you should think through. And I would strongly encourage you to listen to this episode of Macro Voices to hear it directly from Lynn. And uh, like I said, when I get back to my office, uh, I'll try to text Lynn and see if she's got the time to come on and just explain these to you, maybe in a little bit more uh, depth and a little bit more detail than she goes into with uh, Eric and Patrick, although she goes into quite a bit of detail. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention because I know that, uh, you know, Lynn is obviously one of the best. And uh, I, I think it's really important that we you know hear what she has to say and we think through uh this and kind of look at our own portfolio and see if we can gain some insight to or insights from her extensive research and her incredible intellect. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your evening or afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. See you in the next video.